I will tell you that it's the kind of work where I feel like not only am I accomplishing something, but I'm building something. I'm not doing work that I'm going to do next week and the next week over and over again. This is building something to where eventually I'll be able to step back and manage from afar. Have you considered investing in a franchise or running one yourself? Are you searching for information to help you make the best decision possible for your future? Have you ever worried about whether the information you're finding has your best interests in mind? Welcome to the Franchise Rising Podcast. In this show, we bring on experts, franchisees, and selective franchisors to share strategies, stories, and expert advice to help women like you along your franchise journey. The information on this show is not intended as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a franchise and is for information purposes only. I'm your host, Erin Carpenter. Let's get going with today's show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Franchise Rising podcast. I am really excited today because we have a very special guest on. Her name is Linda O'Keefe. Now, Linda and I go back a couple of years, so I've known Linda, wonderful, wonderful person, and I've known her actually before the start of her franchise journey. And what's thrilling about this is now, fast forward a couple of years, here she is, a brand new franchisee. So this is different than with some of the other guests that we've been we've brought on who have been been in the game for a while or or might even be a year in. And that's one of the things I like to bring to you with the Franchise Rising podcast and what I'm hearing from our listeners who are at all phases of their journey is they'd like to hear different perspectives. And uh, so here we are. So here we are, Linda O'Keefe with the ThriveWorks franchise. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Aaron. It is a complete pleasure to be here and a complete pleasure to be with you again. Likewise. <laughs> so who would have thought a couple of years ago we would be sitting here doing an interview with you as a brand new franchisee. I'm not sure. Franchise. Certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, life takes us on amazing journeys, doesn't it? Yes, it definitely <laughs> does. All right. So speaking of journeys, let's tell, would you please tell the audience about your journey before ThriveWorks, what you were doing before, a little bit about yourself, and then we'll, we'll move forward to where you are now. Sure. Okay. So I have this very unique experience of knowing kind of what I wanted to do with my life when I was a kid. And I, I, as many people as I've talked to over the last 30 years, because uh, I've been a therapist and a coach for 30 years, it's, it's not that often that I run into somebody who feels that way or kind of has that sense. So I feel like that was just an incredible blessing for me. Uh, but basically, I think it, it showed up pretty easily because I would just run around grocery stores and talk to strangers about their lives, right? And <laughs> ask them questions <laughs> and want to know why they did what they did and they felt the way they did. And I thought, yeah, this is definitely either a therapist or a coach in making the making. So basically, I, I you know, pursued that career kind of against all 
other odds, like, you know, parents who didn't want me to do it and didn't understand and didn't like it and blah, blah, blah. But I did go to school and get a bachelor's degree in social work and then went ahead and got a master's degree about seven years later and started my own practice, which was called Options for Growth. And basically I have been for 30 years, what you call a solopreneur, which is essentially have always had my own practice. Sometimes there've been other people involved. Uh, like when I was in Illinois where I, other practitioners came in and worked out of the space and that kind of thing. Sometimes it's really just been me, but uh, I've been doing that kind of work for, yeah, it's been 30. I think I'm on my 31st year now. Wow. Okay. So thank you for that background. And, and this is, this is great to hear because we're hearing from someone who's been an entrepreneur before doing your own thing, your own boss, and now you're making a very interesting transition. Mm -hmm. Why? What many of the listeners uh, might be thinking, why did why you all you of a sudden decide at this point in your life, 30 years in, running your own show to actually join a franchise? Yeah. So there are numerous reasons and I'm not going to go into the depth of the personal reasons, but let's put it this way. I could do this work, the work I've been doing as a solopreneur, as a therapist and a coach for the rest of my life. But at my age, frankly, I really would love to do other things <laughs> like relax and hang out with my grandchildren and um, travel and, you know, uh, sit on a beach for a while, you know. So I, uh, my husband and I had the uh, incredible blessing of having enough money to retire and then had the experience many people had where a lot of that money went away. So mm. we really don't have the kind of funds I wanted for the retirement. I had worked on a couple of different programs. I created a couple, one that you particularly met me through and went through a radical shift, which was a real baby of mine. I loved it. Incredible. Uh, thank you. And I started it at an age when if I, you know, it's like if I would have started it 20 years ago, I would have just, you know, like plowed through every, everything to make that happen. But at some point I sort of realized that as much as I am an entrepreneur, when you're a solopreneur, it's not the same thing as building a business that could, you know, involve numerous other people to spin off some kind of possible passive income um, for the ability to step back instead of continue to step in. And so what happened was I was talking to somebody one day, actually in California, about, um, God, I just, sometimes I just wish I had some kind of structured way back and already built up like marketing in back of me, brand in back of me, even if it's not my own, something that could just like birth me into the world of growing something and creating something. But I wanted something I believed in. I didn't really want to run a restaurant franchise or not that there's anything wrong with them. Not at all. Yeah, it's just, it's just I would rather do something that really fit with what I knew in this kind of franchise where it's basically counseling. It's a, basically a counseling and coaching practice. Um, I know the codes and the, you know, the, the different levels of practitioners. And I know all that because that is what I've been involved in my whole life. So basically 
the main reasons are to build something instead of just continue to work on a regular basis to build something that would be that I could believe in that would be sustainable that I had backup for uh, in in my years of wanting to start to slow down yeah and and the idea of building that on your own the brand the right. people all possible absolutely again 20 years ago I probably would have just pounded it out for the amount of time it takes to do that. But um, truthfully, uh, I am a people person first and mm -hmm. all the other sections of business of which I've learned a lot more than I ever thought I would, you know, don't come super naturally to me. I don't automatically think marketing or promotion. You know, I think what's gonna help the client. There's just things that I realized that I could learn it all, but it's for me, it's like having this, you know, great big force behind me that already has figured a lot of that stuff out. Right. It takes a lot of courage to finally ad to, to admit that in general for all of us. And yeah. then, I mean, I, I imagine you understand now what it really takes to get something started and get it off the ground and have a, have a new appreciation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Before, before having entered this space and starting the Franchise Rising podcast you know, many years ago, I often wondered, why would someone buy or join a franchise? Why would they pay all that money initially and on an ongoing basis when they could just do it themselves? I mean, why take away that profit margin? Now I get it. Mm -hmm. I really do. Because really to figure out a lot of that and to have the, uh, you know, the the persistence and, and courage and, and financial resources to get it off the ground is really tremendous. So I get it now. Yeah, I, I do too. And I think that what you said earlier about the courage, yes. And it, it doesn't take, it takes just really honesty about the things that I'm good at and I'm drawn to and, uh, and the things that I'm not, I'm not drawn to accounting. Got it. God love you, all accountants out there that are listening right now. Without right. you, I'd be dead. Right. <laughs> like, okay, so not I'm not drawn to that. I'm not drawn to marketing and promotion. I'm not, I can do it, but I'm not drawn to figuring out a whole plan of doing it. And, and those are the kind of things that I think really stand in the way of me doing it on my own. And it, it wasn't just, I can certainly continue to work with referrals my, the rest of my life, but to scale something. Mm -hmm. it, that builds something that then spins off more and more. That's a whole nother level That's of right. knowledge about marketing and promotion and uh, business and, mm -hmm. you know, just all those things. Well, yeah. Start. And then you have the other layer of dealing with HIPAA and compliance when you're talking about therapy that I'm sure is, that's a whole other ball of wax to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it's and that, and that is the stuff that I love about working with Thriveworks. They have figured so much of that. I mean, they have forms, and right. I said, here's what you do. You hire somebody, you give them this form, and that form, and this form, and that form, and then you let them know this, and let them know that. And I was like, wow, right. it's just all right there. That's awesome. So, okay, so, <laughs> it, so you, can we just go back to that conversation you had with someone you know, during which you just wish you could, you could, you know, walk into something and, and birth this idea with branding and support all behind you and, and get rolling. How did you encounter ThriveWorks? 
Well, somebody uh, that I actually ran into at Hero Hub was is somebody who is doing a similar thing. She's trying to get that off the ground right now. She has some practices, some therapy practices in another state. And she's, she was thinking about franchising them. And she said, oh, and this other place that has a franchise of therapy practices called me one day and asked me if I might want to, I don't know whether they asked if she wanted to join or what, what right. they asked. And she said, oh, and their name was Thrive, is ThriveWorks. And I thought, what an interesting thing to do is, is to actually have a franchise that's, that are therapy practices. And then she talked to me about how it runs in hers and why she decided that, that she might move forward in franchising. And I thought, wow, I mean, once you get all those systems set up, it sounds like it's pretty, it pretty much just runs. It's like if you get everything set up, it's not like you don't have to have your finger on it at all, but there's, there's grown-ups, there's professionals at the space. You know, there's not people you have to chase around and get them to come to work and stuff like that. So then later on, I, I just, I just went online and I, I just Googled them and I found their website and I was like, holy cow, these, these guys, you know, even if before I looked at their setup, I just felt like 90% of what they stood for is what I stand for. Just instant so. alignment. The power of the Google and the power of the websites. Online presence really, really helps there. Okay, so, so you Googled them their message resonated with you. Did you look at any other therapy franchises? I did Google therapy franchises and I don't remember hardly. I think there was two that came up. Ah. Uh, I, I think it's pretty new. I can't tell you that for sure because maybe it's not, some people don't have theirs under right. therapy franchise, but they have it under counseling right. or they have it under coaching or mm -hmm. I think ThriveWorks is pretty much on the cutting edge of something that in the future is probably going to be a lot bigger than it is right now. Um, well, and especially culturally, as we become more aware and accepting of adopting therapy into our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Okay. So you Google them, you felt good about ThriveWorks. Then what happened? How did you connect with ThriveWorks and what, what did the next phase of the process look like for you? Well, so I just connected with the franchise consultant and I had, and I chatted with him for a while and did some online forms and did some more investigating and read reviews and, you know, kind of just like moved into that process of really discovering everything I could about what they were about. Mm -hmm. And Within that process, there were a couple of things that I found out that were very hard for me to resist. I mean, they were just like, they said that and I went, are you kidding me? That's gold. Can you talk about it? Sure. What they've done is they have set up a set of systems that they can't tell a franchisee, you have to use all these systems, but here they are. One of them, which they call VIP solutions, is literally an answering service that's people answering the phone all the time for first-time potential clients. A call comes in maybe from advertising in that area or, or from somebody who knows their insurance is covered, and that comes in, they're, they're, taught, they're asking about ThriveWorks or meeting with a therapist or something. 
And these people who sit in this room full of, you know, chairs and their headphones talk to these people in a way that when I heard them in person was just the most wonderful thing imaginable. And so it was just like any potential client I would ever have or ever want anyone in anything like this to have to talk to these people would be amazing. Mm. I mean, it almost brought tears to my eyes because one of the reasons that's the case is because the CEO in a time of transition when he needed, knew he needed to go to therapy called 41 therapists and got 41 answering machines. So then when people got started to get back to him, it might've been, he said it was like either days, sometimes it was weeks before they got back to him. He had, they scheduled him out three months in advance. They only took private pay at a high, high rate. And it was just like, he goes, it just shouldn't be this hard when you're in trouble to get help. It just shouldn't be this hard. I just wanted to talk to a human voice. So he's very committed to have people answering the phone. I, I, don't, I don't know how to tell you how important I think that is, that a person, anybody who's seeking therapy actually gets a real person on the line and can speak to them that's calming and kind and say, yes, of course, and we can get you in. And his whole thing is we get everybody in within two weeks' time. They never wait longer than two weeks' time. If you don't have enough therapists, hire more. <laughs> Just don't. You don't leave people waiting. You make sure you get, take insurance. You make sure you make it easy for them to come in and get the help that they need. So they do that. And then they also do all the billing. So all the billing, insurance billing, uh, they do all of that on their end. And they do credentialing for therapists to get onto boards. So which means a therapist who works at ThriveWorks can come in, either meet with a client or check out their calendar to see if they have clients that have been put into their calendar because the um, answering service will literally just plunk people into their calendar. And they do their work with that client and they do their notes online for the session and they go home. They don't have to call insurance companies. They don't have to verify benefits. They don't have to, I mean, it's huge. So if you've been in private practice, that takes 30 to 40% of your time doing all that other stuff. I can see why that's all very compelling. You know, I am really passionate about this idea, especially in 2018, of reducing the, these friction points that you talk about. And from what I hear, uh, the, the, the founder of ThriveWorks has identified these friction points. Basically, what makes things hard to, hard, hard to do business with you, easy for the client, for the patients, for the therapist and for the business owner. Yep. So if you're looking at a franchise, I would absolutely be looking at that. You know, yeah. these days, anything, whether it's answering machines, phone trees, things that have to do with billing, just identify all of those things that, that create pain points for your customers. And if it's hard, if someone else is doing it easier, unless they're really passionate about the brand, they're probably going to be going with the competition. Yeah, because we're busy, we're be, we're getting a lot more comfortable with what can help us now. And gosh, if someone's really in pain because they're suffering from something and they need to talk to someone, that uh, makes it even more important for it to be easy to find a therapist. Mm. So that's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so you identified all of these 
really compelling advantages of ThriveWorks. You talked to them and what, what happened next? How did, you, how did you go from there to actually becoming a franchisee? I think that I just identified that it's something that I really wanted to do, not just ThriveWorks, but I really wanted to move forward with something that I could be a part of building, even if it wasn't my own for our future. And this presented me with pretty much every opportunity to do that. They've done something else that's really valuable for a potential owner. And that is that other than your franchise fee, the one you pay up front, there's a nominal fee each month, but it's all, it's tied to how much money you're earning. Hmm. So it's the upfront franchise fee and maybe the rent you're going to pay before things get up and going. Cause you go and, and you, you know, and you, put the office together. This is all the upfront investment, right? Every single other thing that you pay for is tied to income. So we don't pay the answering service people unless they're answering phones that that relate to us getting clients. We don't pay the billing people unless they're billing sessions for our therapists. We don't pay their small franchise fee monthly unless it's tied to a gross amount of income we're making. So that, that really reduces the overhead and just makes it, it sounds like a lot of the costs are, a lot more are variable than in other business models. Yes. And okay. so that makes it way less scary Yeah. because it's not like, I mean, it's not that much money. So it just makes it doable to get into the whole thing and pop probably before you start earning money even with a franchise fee, you may have output maybe forty, forty-five thousand dollars, and that's it. That's mm. not a lot to start a business like this, right? right? And now I, I imagine it hasn't all been smooth sailing from your own concerns. I mean, whenever we're starting something new, we we have some concerns and fears. What what were some of your concerns going into this? Well, first of all, I've never employed people. And they suggested that we make empl- that that we Im- actually we're employers, meaning uh, their whole thing was we can't tell you you can't do independent contractors 1099. In other words, I've done that before. So I've had people work with me where they're independent contractors. I pay them, and then they they just go and do all their taxes and everything on their own. But they suggest employee status because they think it's more team building. It's more, I mean, there's things that I didn't even realize, like um, that I can't order a, a ThriveWorks business card with their name on it because they're not technically an employee. Anyway, so um, the employee thing was something I worried about. So mm-hmm. the two factors were how am I going to find therapists and how am I going to kind of navigate the having employees piece, which to me, you know, means QuickBooks and taxes and FICA and social security, you know, I mean, like, like navigating all that territory, right? W9s and whatnot. So yeah, that's how much I know about it, right? Right, right. (laughs) I'm giving you an idea of how much I know about it. Yeah, yeah. So those were difficult. Um, The how do I find therapist things was answered the day, the last day we were at training when, when the trainer walked in with resumes from our area and said he had published an ad on Indeed for our area. And I had 13 resumes in my hand. Oh, okay. And I hadn't done anything yet. 
Great. So actually four of those people are actually be, just got, I just hired them. Uh, and then I put out another Indeed ad and I had a bunch of other resumes, but I think altogether I had 36 resumes within the first three weeks. Oh, that's exciting. So that, that was answered. That doesn't seem to be too hard to do is find people who want to do this. Okay. The employee thing, I'm just, you know, I have my little book and I just follow it step as much as I can step by step. So I don't miss a step around that. But those were the things that concerned me. My husband's so hysterical because he's like, okay, how are we going to get therapists? And how are we going to get enough work for a client? I mean, how are, how are clients going to come, right? Good, and for what questions? For whatever reason, I have not worried about that. It might be because we sat next to a guy who was a clinician at one of the other Thrive Works. And what I'm about to say I'm, I'm just caveating by saying, I don't know that this is a normal experience, Right. but he was a real honest guy. And he just said, I started in the first week of January of 2018, and I had a complete full caseload by February 15th. Oh my, that's encouraging. Especially when like, you're, this was a discovery day. Yeah. Well, this was the last day of training. He was oh, the last training. day of training. Got it. Because he was, he was going from clinician to manager because the woman who owns the franchise he got hired in is now opening a second and third franchise. So he's getting the training now. How long was training? Three and a half days, three, two and a half days. Okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so we, we went through the discovery day and then we did uh, the training afterwards. So I have to think, I think it was two and a half days. Okay. And so what, when did you actually sign? And, and you're in Tucson. For the, I don't think we've established that, but this, this franchise is in Tucson, Arizona, yes. correct? Yes, it is. Okay. So how long, has it take, how long has it taken between the time when you signed and where you are now? And then tell us where you are now. Just okay. In terms so of I opening. signed, we signed on July 19th. Okay. I got into Tucson on the 24th of July. I signed my lease for the space on August 27th. So it took a month. Mm -hmm. I hired four people last week. I'm in the process because I signed the lease. It's getting all the tenant improvements. So the build out is happening right now. All of that's going to be done by this next Saturday, Sunday. It's moving really fast. Holy smokes. Yep. And then what's happening right now is mostly other than navigating the employee thing is I am busy, busy um, ordering furniture, ordering all everything that's needed for that space, all the art, all the brochures and cards and everything else. So that's what we're doing right now. Wow. And have they been with you every step of the way from finding a location, negotiating the lease, ordering furniture, decor, design? Yes. Okay. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. So I have a, his, Mike is his name and he's the franchise, head of franchise success and he is available, certainly not 24-7, but he's available a lot. Okay. So I can almost always get a hold of him, right. even with the three-hour time difference. And um, he, yeah, he always answers the questions. He gives me the next step. 
so from July 19th, so that's July, that's half of July, August, September, we're opening October 1st. Our official opening is October 1st. So oh my gosh. it's like two and a half months to okay. get the place, get it all, almost the entire month of September is just setting up the space. Wow. Well, thank you for taking uh, some time out of your day to have this conversation with us. Really appreciate sure. it. Sure. Oh my gosh. My well, pleasure. Wow. It sounds like, so how is your, how is your husband feeling now that he's seen now, now that you have employees and of course you haven't opened yet, so you don't have a uh, patients coming in. Is he feeling better about it? Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. He, um, he was just here a little while ago and uh, he got into the space and you know, he, yeah, he's feeling much better about the whole thing. I think in general, it's just a stretch. You know, it's a, it's, it's a lot of work, but I will tell you that it's the kind of work where I feel like not only am I accomplishing something, but I'm building something. I'm not doing work that I'm going to do next week and the next week over and over again, mm -hmm. as much as I love meeting with clients. This is building something to where eventually I'll be able to step back and manage from afar. I love that. It sounds like the perfect, uh, the perfect marriage between uh, being a solo entrepreneur and I'm going to say working, working for someone else, but I'm, you're going to do the work, but you're, you're building something that hopefully will be passive as you, as you envision it. And, mm -hmm. and Linda, I asked that question about, uh, about your husband, just because there, this is something that so many of our listeners need to navigate if they have a spouse or a partner in mm -hmm. their life is, is bringing them on board and figuring it and making sure that they are that way. Cause we have to have their support in order for it to be Absolutely. successful. So do you have any advice about, about, I mean, every relationship is unique, of course, but how, do you have any advice for the women who are undergoing this journey about how to keep their spouse or partner engaged and, and on board? Find a way to make sure that they're part of every step of the process. So they never feel like they're just, even if they're busy at work or doing whatever, you know, I keep my husband updated. I hired people today. I met with this great person today. I think mm -hmm. they're going to be awesome. Um, I got a great, I got the best bid ever on the paint for the new, for the space. It's like half of what other people were bidding. I'm really excited. I, you know, uh, this, this part was frustrating over here. This part was good, but I, even from the beginning, I did my best to keep him kind of with me in the loop. Okay. I think it may be different for some couples it may be that's the spouse just want, don't don't even tell me about it just go do it i don't know but um i think a whole lot of it is buy-in which is why when we went to the discovery day and then signed and went through the training my husband was with me through that entire thing so now he knows the right. whole he got to feel like the general because we were at their main office he got to feel the you know he got to have the sense of what they do and how they do it and everything. And then that was buy-in for him. Right. No, thank you. That's, that's some really good practical advice that a lot of us can take with us. So thank you. All right. So October 1st is the big day. Mm -hmm. Any, just looking forward into the future, the opening day in the future, what, do you have any specific goals in mind, you know, in the, in, in the short term? 
You're long in the three, short term, three months, six months out, one year. Like, where would you hope to be? And then we're going to check back with you at that time. Oh my <laughs> Just, No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Okay. Just no. curious. So I ended up with a bigger space than they normally suggest you have. Yeah. They normally suggest you start with like four or five office space, maybe 1,100 square feet. I'm 1,800 square feet, eight office spaces. So I would like to have, I'm going to, I'm going to think it's going to be at least 12 employees to cover all the hours um, that could be happen. Like they want us open eight to eight Monday through Friday and eight to four on Saturday. So, you know, just to have therapists, some that can do part-time, some that can do some that want to do evenings, you know, just the different. So my goal would be to have that many therapists and to have the place buzzing um, somewhere around my prayer at that point, I'd say a year out is maybe even earlier than that is like 200 hours a a week. Okay. I like Uh, the specific goals. Oh, I've got it. I was just writing all this down, what that means financially, what that, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I have a very specific goal of having this practice be uh, like have a gross amount of like $800,000 year. Amazing. Um, no, thank you for sharing those. Sometimes it really just helps to see, here's some specific dollars and specific goals, you know, even though every situation is, is relative, that's, it's encouraging to hear that. And it sounds like you're off to a great start. It's Linda, it's been really exciting for me just personally to have watched you go through this journey and see where you are now and, and, and hear this from you. And it sounds like you're on the right track. I think so. Okay, so just a few questions to round out the episode. Uh, I like to ask my listeners, what's some of the best business, best business advice that you've ever heard or received? I think the best business advice I received was to expect the unexpected. I know that doesn't seem like it's business, but I have to tell you that all the sections, all the moving parts of this from starting a new corporation to getting my endorsement for my license here in Arizona for open finding the space for finding the person to work on the space for negotiating the lease and all of that there were many unexpected things that happened particularly like delays believe it or not with the delay I think we would have been almost a month earlier without some of the delays we ran Mm. into Um, and that totally helped me stay in the flow of everything was like you know what this it's just a delay just yeah it's frustrating but you know what and then something would inevitably happen that would just like show up after the delay that was like oh my god that that's perfect that works perfectly right it's just all a matter of perspective perspective right we don't have to that was so that was really so that was really good um I just say that it's like a mindset thing, but then, you know, that's what I, that's what I focus on anyway. (laughs) Which is good. It's good for us to hear. And it's helped me a lot. Okay. So what, what advice would you get? Just the next question. What advice would you give another woman in, in, in your space looking to buy a franchise? 
So I would say line up all the things that you want and check the check off the list. Like, does this fit with you? It's like for me doing a therapy practice franchise fits with me over doing a different kind check. Right. Uh, I know about it. I didn't have to start from scratch. So kind of like, what is it that you really want? Are you trying to create passive income? Are you trying to build a business? What's your, you know, and, and then find the thing that fits it the best and just make sure all those factors come together, Mm -hmm. uh, including making sure that your spouse is part of that process in a way that they feel ownership as well. If not, go into the business with your spouse. Mm-hmm. My husband is technically my partner. He's just not right. working with me all the time. Right, right. All right, that's good. And then the last one, I know you're at the beginning of this journey, but what other female franchisees do you know who are rocking it? Oh, yeah. And any, any franchise? I don't really know other women in franchises right now, unfortunately. I, I've okay. definitely heard our friend Carmen talk about numerous people but I don't really know them. But I do know of a couple of people that are in the ThriveWorks franchise. And I have to tell you, that's a whole nother world. I'm on a forum where the franchisees all like to talk to each other and uh-huh. everything. And there are some super awesome people who own these franchises. I just love, so cool. love them. But there's two that are in the thing. One of them is Heidi. And by the way, each of these people gave me great perspective. So she's done corporate and she owns her own franchise. Mm. And she has all these very, make sure, number one, she said, you make sure you hire people who are independent. When you talk to them, you say, I need for you to be a person who, if you're at that space by yourself, you're okay with it. Independent, that you're self-starter, that you're motivated, that you don't have to be told what to do. I want people, almost like people who could survive in their own private practice in here, you know, she said, because it saves you a lot of headaches mm. if you do that up front, which was great. That was, that was probably the second best advice I got. No, oh, it's really good um, advice and not something that would, could come to you automatically because that's not always the right kind of person right. for every business. Right. And then the other woman is somebody who's, who I just heard about. I didn't get to meet her, but I heard about her and she's just this rock star who's really just doing her own thing. And she's the one who's about to open her second and third franchise when she's only opened the first one like four or five months ago. Wow. Oh, yeah. There's, I think, 40% of the people who have franchises with them open one or two, open at least two. Do you think you will? Yeah. You will. My goal would be to have three. Yeah. There's something about that number three. It is my favorite one. A lot of magic that comes in threes. <laughs> she's kind of a rebel and I'm kind of a rebel. I yes, love ma'am. the way she's doing it. Um, and at the same time, I recognize that I need to respect, you know, the baby that the CEO has built. Right. And, and nourished. Right. Well, and as, as you all protect the brand, then that's going to help you going forward. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. I would love, love, love to circle back to you in a year, find out how things are going. 
with your permission, we all wish you the best and we really appreciate you sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Linda.